This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Hey guys, uh, today I have a very special guest, special to me, special to the fans. <laughs> um, it's Gabby. Woo! Gabby I've returned. What'd you say? I've returned. You have returned. Gabby is my best friend, um, and she's also been on the podcast a couple times. And in this season, she's going to be a recurring guest. So I'm going to have her on regularly for topics that make sense for us, for Q&As, maybe some roundtables. So expect more Gabby. I can't wait to shoot the shit with you. I know. It's so exciting. <laughs> uh, so today is a Q&A. I went to Instagram to ask you guys what questions you have for us. If you're not already following the Instagram is at was that good for you and gathered some of the best questions I could find. So let's just jump right in. Let's, because some of these questions are juicy and I want, I really want to get through all of them. So I can't wait. Okay. okay. First question. The sex between my boyfriend and I isn't great. I think there's room for improvement, but I'm very shy when it comes to talking about what I want sexually. And I'm also worried about hurting his feelings if he thinks that I'm telling him what to do. Any advice is appreciated. Okay. So I think a lot of people that are younger but also in in so for me for example i've only been with one person yeah it was obvious that i didn't really know what i was doing at the beginning yeah whereas somebody like you who's been more experienced would know mm -hmm. i think that this is potentially a question from somebody younger do you yeah, agree i completely agree and i think if you are having sex with somebody where it's not a one-night stand communication is so key and I know that sounds like such a broken record but like it's okay to ask for what makes you horny yeah what makes you come you know yeah. what I mean I just how how would you set up that sentence though with somebody that's not like us that's like as honest I yeah guess. well I think I feel like I have a good perspective because I have been this person when I was younger or even in relationships where I felt like maybe communication was lacking, um, I have been that person who either A, is too shy to talk about what I want, or B, and it's interesting that she brought this up, I think in a lot of times in hetero relationships, men can be a little bit um, touchy when it comes to yes. sex, and especially when it comes to telling them if they're doing something wrong. And a lot of that I'm very empathetic to because I understand that society puts a lot of pressure on men. Right. You know what I mean? In terms of like porn and feeling like, you know, they're watching all these videos where the guy sticks it in and the girl like immediately comes six yeah. times. And so I think they hold themselves to that standard, which is extremely unrealistic. Um, so I do understand that when you're dealing with like a cis hetero man, you kind of have to be a little bit more just careful about their feelings. There's nothing yeah, wrong with that. Yeah. Um, but I think for me, what I learned is a really kind of like fun, easy way to do it is to just like turn it into something sexy. So yeah. you're sitting on the couch, you're having a cute night. Maybe you're like talking or playing 21 questions or just like whatever. And saying something like, what can I do in bed that I haven't done before that you would like? 
Yeah. And then usually that opens up, you know, them being able to be honest about things. And then most of the time, ideally, your partner will be like, what about you? What do you think about doing it when you're in bed? What do you think about like, you know, you're you're in it? Yeah. And you're like, how about we try this? Like, I I mean, I'm all for that. I think a lot of times that's harder for people yeah. to do. So I feel like if it's their first time having this conversation, bringing it outside of the bedroom, and then once you get comfortable with that, then I think it's easier to be like, remember what we, like once you're in the moment, you can be like, remember what we talked about yesterday? Like, yeah. why don't we try that? You know yeah, what I mean? That's true. Um, I think sometimes those conversations can be easier had when like your dick isn't out. And you also know, and not just saying what you need, asking them what they like too. So exactly. it's not a thing where it's like, I need this. Exactly. It feels like a reciprocal conversation yeah. and less like a, you got a B minus last a time. Like, how do we get you to an A? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I feel like turning it into like a fun, like maybe like, I've been with partners for years and we all still play like 21 questions. I'm sure you and Ryan do that. Um, And so I think turning it into like a fun game almost is like an easy way to kind of like get into it. And that'll only make you more comfortable doing it in the future in bed when you're able to do it like on a road trip or on the couch or at date night. Yeah, no, I think that that's that's probably the way to go. And if we were to talk to this person, if we were to say something to this person, be just try to be as honest as you can because the person that you're with is most likely going to be like, hell yeah, let's try this out. Like who, who in the right mind would be like, nah, I just, I don't really, yeah, I don't really like feel like making you come. And that's the thing too, is it's ideally this is not going to happen, but if you have a partner who's very weirded out by talking about sex and, or only wants to do it a certain way and doesn't want to hear your side of things and doesn't want to like to the best of their ability, make you feel pleasure and happy. Like that's a symptom of another problem. Agreed. (laughs) So in most worlds, if you already are like comfortable and happy with this partner, they're going to be very open to the conversation. I agree. And it's only going to make you closer. Like even outside of sex, being able to talk about sex with your partner and other things. Like I was thinking about this the other day about how there's an intimacy when you get to the point of a relationship where you're not having sex and that's okay. Yeah. You know, in the beginning of a relationship when you start having sex and then you kind of get nervous or you start to feel like, oh my God, it's been three days. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, are we in a rut? Are we getting old? It's like, but getting to that level of intimacy with a partner where you're both like, oh my God, we just say it's so much fucking possible. Like, yes. sex is off the table tonight. I just saw this tweet the other day and I was like, like, about how if the restaurant doesn't make you not want to have sex after the date, it's done something wrong. Yes. And that's, there's such an intimacy yeah. in that. Because when you're on like a second, third, fourth, fifth date, maybe you've had sex once, you almost are like not choosing those restaurants. Or you're like eating less because you still have this like need to kind of be like the sexual, the time You don't want to look bloated. Exactly. Yes, so yes. that intimacy of being like, that's not happening tonight is, yeah. and, and we still love each other and we still find each other sexy is just like not happening tonight is really beautiful. I agree. So. That's actually my favorite part. It is. It's nice. It's really nice to yeah. not feel that pressure anymore. Yeah. And to be like, it's okay that we went a week without sex. Like it's not a big deal. I just ate garlic. Exactly. I don't want to fuck. Exactly. Um, okay. Next question. Is masturbating to an ex-partner's nudes even though I have a new girlfriend cheating. Ooh, this question is... This <laughs> is spicy. This is going to make okay. people very anxious. Okay. I'm trying to put myself in that situation. Yes. For you. I don't... Okay, so I don't see it as like cheating, but I see it as wrong. Like I, I don't understand okay. why 
somebody would do that. So you don't see it as something where you'd be like, you cheated on me, but you'd be like, you crossed a boundary. Yes. Okay. Yes. Just because it's like, I'll, I'll take fucking nudes for you. Yeah. I don't give a shit. Like, you know, why, what is, why are you so connected to this person still that you can't just watch porn or you can't just look at my nudes? Like what is, what is going on here? So I think that I would try to unpack it. I agree. I think especially with, the access of porn. Yeah. Like if porn was really hard to get, if we lived in some type of country yeah. where porn was like illegal and you couldn't get to it easily and you couldn't access it, that's one thing. But yeah. you can, I ac- I accidentally stumble on porn. You know Agreed. what I mean? It's like, it's so easy. Tumblr, Twitter. Exactly. And that's the thing too. You don't even ha- it doesn't even need to be this like highly produced thing. Like you can mm-hmm. find porn online that feels homemade if that's your thing. If you yeah. feel like, you know, the highly produced stuff isn't for you or whatever. So yeah, I think I have a similar question, which is like, what is it about these specific photos or these specific people that are turning you on so much that you can need to have them? And also it's layered because there's also a level of this that feels really icky to me in terms of like, I, it's most likely to me non-consensual. Like I feel uncomfortable with the idea of somebody that I sent a nude to while we were together, keeping that after we've ended and using it. Yeah. It feels, it feels like a cross boundary even for the ex. Yeah, because even if you had like a normal falling out, that's still fucking weird. And also if I were, let's say I bring this up to Ryan. Let's say Ryan's in this position. Yeah. If Ryan's like combative when I'm like, hey, I just like don't really like that you're doing this. That's a red flag. Yeah. Like anybody that, isn't taking you seriously or or will be like you just sound jealous or like i don't see the big deal with this that person sees the big deal and is trying to fucking do everything in their power to make sure they can still jack off to those nudes and and regardless of what you say they're still going to do that yeah so that's the weird part there's so many layers to this question yeah it it feels very weird to me i feel like if i was an ex and like you were the girl in the nudes if I was the girl in the nudes Mm -hmm. and I let's say I'm like friends with my ex right and let's say my ex is single yeah and he like makes a passing joke about how like because he's single and because we were so comfortable sexually he like still uses my nudes Mm -hmm. probably wouldn't bother me especially if they like told me and were like open about it but that's a very that's like the one extremely specific scenario that I can yeah. think of where I'd be okay with it's it. It's so specific. It has and to be anything so aside from that. Is it feels wrong for weird. both women, for mm-hmm. the new girlfriend and for the ex girlfriend. It feels very wrong. And think about how bad the girlfriend would feel. Like she would be comparing herself, and like, because that person is such a personal person. It, this isn't a fashion nova model on right. Instagram. You can't jack off to an ex's nudes and not think about having sex with them. Agreed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Versus like you can jack off to porn and maybe you can fantasize about having sex with the porn star, but you haven't actually done it. You're not like referencing yeah. an actually specific time. Yeah, this isn't good. I, I don't, agree. I I would say run. I wouldn't say it's cheating, but I would probably look inward and ask myself why I feel the need to do this and also how would my girlfriend feel this is something that's been coming up for me a lot it's like something might not necessarily be like the worst thing in the world it might not necessarily be cheating but if there's if you can close your eyes and think this would upset my girlfriend or I would try to hide this from my girlfriend think about why that is yeah because it usually means you're doing something wrong (laughs) yeah I agree okay next question my husband often turns me down for sex 
and says it's because he has a low sex drive. But I know for a fact that they watch porn and masturbate at least four times a week. We have sex, I'd say, once a week at most. This has me feeling extremely rejected. What's going on here? I thought you were going to ask me like such easier questions. These are layered questions. Whoa. Okay. Okay. So I've been in a relationship for five years now. There, like you said before, there's like phases in life where we aren't having as much sex as we did in the, in the past. Yeah, absolutely. Or, you know, stress or, um, birth control, little things like that. So first off, I would say, obviously bring it up. Be like, what's going on here? Yeah. Like, what can we do to spice it up? Like, obviously his sex drive maybe isn't as low as he's saying. I I don't know the layers within because we don't have enough context of it. Right. But I think communicating that and being like, this kind of makes me feel like I'm not needed. Yeah. In in your sexual desires yeah. because you're obviously doing it for yourself. So what's going on here? Also, I mean, we don't have to get into it, but like when you're using porn as a, I guess a, I don't know what I'm trying to say. When you're using porn instead of sex, you're automatically just thinking porn, 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 porn. Like that is such a dangerous, slippery slope. Yeah. It's like autopilot. Yeah. And I would tell that person who's using the porn instead of having sex with their partner, maybe ease up a little bit. Maybe, you know, reel it back in. Right. And focus on how you can make your sexual fantasies come true. Focus on what turns you on with your partner. Yeah. Like, I think they both need to ask themselves some very serious questions. Yeah, I agree. I think that there's a lot of communication that needs to be had here. Yeah. I think... I can empathize with the husband on certain levels, right? Like I can empathize with the fact that masturbation can be easier. Yes. Masturbation requires less pressure. Mm -hmm. Um, It could be, this could be something from the low end of this simply just being like laziness Mm -hmm. to the high end of this is a bigger problem with porn or this is a bigger problem with sexual anxiety in the bedroom. Like a lot of men struggle with sexual anxiety and performance anxiety in the bedroom. That's so true. And sometimes it's easier to just get off to porn to masturbate than to have to deal with all of the emotion and anxiety that comes from having sex, even with a long-term partner. Yeah. Um, And so either way, it's something that needs to be talked about. I would probably recommend, honestly, couples counseling. I was going to say, I feel like there needs to be a third party in here i completely agree so that they are allowing themselves to leave the ego at the door and talk about it vulnerably i agree and i think in the meantime you know this is very surface level but i think a band-aid on a bigger situation is you could also like suggest low pressure sexual situations like mutual masturbation and things like that that don't require him to be fully intensely having sex penetrative sex and you guys can kind of just see how that feels you can also watch porn together exactly you know there's levels to this there are like low pressure types of sexual intimacy that don't require as much as full-blown you know sex that you can kind of like start getting him more comfortable with going to you when he's horny versus immediately going to porn and that's so true like and the problem is like there's no communication. So the person that isn't receiving the sex that she wants is like, there's something wrong with me. I'm ugly. What's going on? Yeah, she's absolutely. She's um, in the dark. Uh, and because she's in the dark, it seems like she's 
internalizing it and making it personal yeah when I highly doubt I agree it's, it's almost never about the partner I agree it's usually a personal thing so next question dun dun I like watching gay porn am I gay no no do you know how many women watch lesbian porn? Do my you know many- favorite porn of all time. Like, yes. my, you know how most people have like one that they get off to. It's like their go-to. Mine is, is lesbian. And well, and I am queer, but yes. also it's like, I am also like, I'm bisexual. Yeah. I have mostly been with men. Mm. I like penetrative sex. I don't really like watching it in porn, to be honest. Have you ever read any studies or anything about, about why women typically prefer lesbian porn? I, I haven't specifically, but just based off of what I know, I'm sure a lot of it has to do with as like dark as it sounds. I'm sure there are a lot of triggers yeah. around heterosexual porn. A lot of times it's aggressive. A little rough. A lot of times it's a little rough. A lot of times it, you know, it involves women that are, I've noticed personally that a lot of times lesbian porn is with women who look a little bit more natural. Yeah, that's um, true. And it's a little bit more amateur versus yeah. a lot of times hetero porn can be a lot more highly like stylized and produced and can have women who have, you know, big fake boobs and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But I think there are a lot of a lot more triggers around hetero porn than there are around um, lesbian porn. Yeah, I agree. And do you think that men watch like what kind of? I think it's interesting because I think. I mean, I think that skews a lot more for women yeah. because I think that we're just more sensitive and, mm-hmm. you know, we've been, again, not to get super dark, but we've been subject to more violence yeah. against men. So I mm-hmm. just think it's like a totally different scenario. It's apples and oranges. But I think he, this person, to be honest, and there's nothing wrong with this, is probably in the minority as like a straight man or straight leaning man who likes gay porn. I don't think it's unheard of. I don't think it makes them gay, but I definitely think they're probably more... Um, in the minority. Yeah, I think you shouldn't judge what kind of porn you like as deeply as he's doing. I'm assuming it's a he is doing in this right now because like at the end of the day, like like whatever gets you off. I mean, obviously exactly. make, make sure, you know, it's good and like like non-problematic. Yeah, non-problematic, yeah. but like I I think they're they're looking for something that's not really there. I agree. I think I mean, I, I say this all the time on the podcast because I get a lot of questions about like, I like butt plugs. Am I gay? I like pegging. Yeah. Am I gay? I like por- I like gay porn. Am I gay? At the end of the day, if you want to have sex with and enjoy sex with other men, you are gay. Yes. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing else makes yes. you. You know what I mean? And even that doesn't make you fully gay. You could be bisexual. You could be bicurious. You know, you there's explore that. It's a spectrum, yeah. obviously, that's been said a million times, but strictly just watching gay porn if in your daily life you find yourself mostly attracted to women and sexually attracted to women physically you're probably not gay and also i think it's it's okay to just want to look at different types of porn because of variety i agree i agree at the end of the day there's we i talk about this a lot on the show but like the idea that we have so much all the time, like we have all this media and that there's goes so for choices. everything. Like we talk about this a lot with like dating apps, right? And how it's like the paradox of choice and there's so many choices and that's why we in turn actually end up not being able to make a choice. Don't get me started. Too much choice. And that's the same for porn. Like sometimes it's so much that you end up kind of going off the deep end and being like, I need to watch some weird shit. Yes, like, yes, <laughs> I agree. And also like bisexuality is such a crazy spectrum. Yeah. Like you can 
um, there's not percentages to this obviously but you can like men 10 percent mm-hmm. and women 90 percent like absolutely like you don't have to do 50 50 i feel like people think but that bisexuality is that sometimes especially in like midwest towns and everything yeah like, we don't know this person but maybe maybe you like men five percent and that's okay yeah absolutely i knew someone once who doesn't even consider himself bisexual but has almost like a penis fetish. Like mm. he just like likes looking at like penises yeah, and like seeing them, but doesn't Not actually want to be like penetrated or doesn't want to like give blowjobs, doesn't want to do anything. They just kind of like have this infatuation with a penis, which like I'm sure can be therapized and I'm sure it goes yeah. back to something. But even that is like its own, you know, yeah. weird little blip on the spectrum. We need to stop putting everything with a label like it's okay to just like shit yeah exactly and I feel like especially these days it's like no you have to tell us what you are exactly especially when it comes to a man who is straight yes like it's very very hard for them to skew at all without somebody being like okay we got to put you in a box we have to put you in a box because there yeah. is, we, you know, they are dealing with this very, 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 very heteronormative world that is is worse for men. You know, yeah. it's like it is easier for women to explore that without judgment. And is it are the reasons it's easier to explore it? Good. No, a lot of it is yeah. rooted in like fetishization of bisexual women. Yes. But either way, there we have less of a stigma around it. You know, yeah. we can make out at a party and nobody's going to be talking about it the next day. And if two straight guys start making out at a party, people are going to talk about that. That's such a bummer, dude. It is. It is. Because it should be this thing where it can just be like fun and interesting and yeah. explorative and without curious. needing people needing to like answer for what they've done. I agree. You know what I mean? I agree. So yeah, you're not gay. I mean, maybe you are, but not strictly because you watch gay porn. Yes. Um, okay. Next question. My girlfriend is a completely different person during sex. Normally she's shy, kind of quirky, low key. In the bedroom, she becomes very dominant, aggressive, loud, confident, almost like a porn star. I'm not necessarily turned off by this, but the juxtaposition is a little bit confusing. I'm just worried she's putting on an act, but I'm not sure if this is important enough to bring up. Okay, I was about to say this could go either way because some of my favorite people are ones that, I mean, the the whole thing of freak in the sheets, lady in the streets, you know? Like, maybe that's just her. Maybe she just loves to be like that yeah on another on the opposite end of the spectrum she could be performing she could be thinking that this is what you want and i here's the thing all of these questions comes down to the communication yeah aspect of things like you could easily be like well what kind of things do you like to do in the bedroom or what kind of like porn do you like um what's something you want to explore like you don't necessarily have to flat out be like why are you this way (laughs) in real life at Trader Joe's and not this way? Yeah. You know, I just, I feel like all of these things come down to communication and how comfortable you feel with your partner in communicating what you see. And also maybe look into yourself because maybe you don't want her to be as dominant. And maybe like you want to be the dominant person. I don't know. You have to, you have to really, it's a line sexually. Yeah, I think that's kind of hard for people because I think a lot, a lot of people have this, right? Where they are one way in real life and then went different way in another. It's why a yeah. lot of like high powered like executives want to be peed on by yes. prostitutes because mm-hmm. they want to not have any control. They have so much control in real life that they like the idea of just being completely humiliated mm-hmm. and dominated. But 
that's hard in relationships because a lot of times we, our immediate attraction physically and sexually and otherwise is based off of who people are in real life. Yes. And so when they want the complete opposite in the bedroom, it can be really confusing because it's like, I might date someone because I love how dominant and confident they can control a room. And then if we get into the bedroom and they're like, choke me and call me a sissy boy, that's going to be kind of hard for me because I, I've, my initial attraction was based off of you being a completely different way. And there's nothing wrong with that person having that, but it's sometimes I find hard in relationships to find somebody who's attractive to who you are in inside and outside of the bedroom because those things can be so different. That's why I think, I mean, I don't think I'll date ever again, yeah. knock on wood, but that's why I think I would have sex on the first date if I were to ever date again. Yeah. I was interested in somebody. Because, I love that. Yeah, because then you kind of, you kind of, Ride the ride before it comes out. You know what I mean? Like you get a little, you get a little preview before the real show. I agree. I think, I think that people have a really hard time. It's getting easier, but I feel like people have a really hard time admitting that they care about things that are like quote unquote surface level, right? Like looks like people have a really hard time even today admitting that like they care about what somebody looks like. Agreed. Which is so silly because it's like, of course you're going to care yeah. what someone looks like. You need to have attraction. And the same goes for sex. And I think that's really, really hard for people to admit that sex is like extremely important in a relationship. Yeah. It's one of the like number one factors of what makes a relationship work. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't necessarily mean you're having sex all the time. For two people, it might be that you both find each other and you both don't like having sex. Mm-hmm. And you're aromantic or you're asexual. You know what I mean? It's like, it's... It's very hard for people, I think, just because of the world we live in and the shame around sex to admit that like sex is extremely important and something that should be figured out, figured out early on in a relationship. Yeah. When in reality, it's like you said, it's like it it should be this thing that's done earlier, obviously within the confines of like consent and comfortability, but you need to figure that out because the last thing you want to happen is what seems to be happening a lot in what, you know, in fan submitted questions and things that we hear, which is that it goes on the back burner and, or, you know, the first few times aren't that good, but you don't want to talk about it and you just hope maybe it'll get better. You don't hurt and then feelings. all of a sudden you wake up and you're two years in and you are faced with this ethical dilemma of being like, oh, should I love this person now? I've fallen in love with them. We've, we've put our lives together. The love goggles come off. Yeah. And yeah. you're like, wait, I don't actually feel like we're sexually compatible. Mm-hmm. My only thing with this specific question is it's like, I don't know how I would broach this to a person. I really don't because it's, it is one of those things that's kind of hard to like ask someone because you don't want to offend if it is just like how they are. You don't want them to get in their head about feeling like, oh, he thinks I'm performing. He thinks I'm, or he thinks I'm being weird or he doesn't like, you know what I mean? It's, I don't really necessarily know how I would bring this up. I think that's when the game comes in that you were speaking about earlier. Yeah, that's true. You can, you can kind of like, you don't have to flat out ask, but you can kind of come up with your own theory if you're like, what kind of stuff do you want to see more of in the bedroom? Yeah. Um, and, you know, kind of base it off of their answers. Yeah. You can- or you could ask something maybe like, if you want to like get really sexy, and this would be like a fun question even for any couple, is like from beginning to end, describe in perfect detail exactly how like your perfect yes. sex would go. Yes. And I feel like that would probably give them a pretty good gauge. You know what I mean? Yeah. Of like how the other person is. Yeah. Um. So that could be a good way to go about it. But, it, you know, it's tough. And I also think it's tough for women because I'm not saying this is who she is. That it's very, very possible she just likes to be this way in, in bed. But I do find, and also I've been this person, that women have a hard time not 
being performative in the bedroom. How many times have people ever faked an orgasm or women? I've done it a million times. Exactly. Like, Like even my like moaning and stuff like that. I'm, I'm much better now. You know what I mean? That I'm like comfortable in a relationship, but also just like comfortable with myself. But you know, I've definitely noticed like the way that I like arch my back yes. or the way that I like, we're you know thinking I mean? about that. You were thinking yes. about that. We are. And I think everybody is thinking about it, but I think st- straight women, especially. Are I agree. About I it. agree. So I also, you know, I do hope for the woman in this scenario's sake that if it is a performative thing that she's able to feel comfortable enough one day around her partner to like not feel the need to be that way and yeah. can just like completely let go and be herself and have an ugly orgasm face or exactly. just want the guy to be on top the whole time that night or, or not you know what I mean need to over moan yeah, yeah exactly I agree next question these are good they are they're really good questions yeah. right okay this is a really good question for you Ooh. specifically to answer okay how do I spice up a new long distance relationship? I really want to make this work. Oh, okay. Do you want me to give some backstory on why you're the literal perfect person? To answer yes. So I have a boyfriend um, and he is in a band. So a lot of the time we are long distance. Yeah. He's out of, he's, he's not in Los Angeles where we live six months out of the year sometimes. Yeah. So sometimes more, I feel yeah, like sometimes more and like time zones, you know, like he could be in Japan and I'm here. That's a 12 hour time difference. Yeah. You're not sexting on a 12 hour time. No, difference. no, no, no. <laughs> we are not sexting. <laughs> not the 7 a.m. sex. So I've noticed that the best way to connect is I don't necessarily feel like you can connect fully when you're long distance, obviously, yeah. but you can you can tease a little. You can like, you know, make them make them want you more, even if. It's just like a game. I think in long distance, you're playing a game. Yeah. So I've done things where I've done a sexy photo shoot for mm-hmm. my boyfriend and I sent him a picture a day. And you know, if the tour is one month long, I send him one picture per day and it's something like nice to keep it going. Yeah. Or um, you can do FaceTime sex. Yeah. You can do just, just plain asshole sexting. Like you can play fun games. You can like maybe set something up for when they come back and you play like a little fun game. I remember when me and Ryan first started dating, you showed me this game. Um, what was it? You like put a sex poker. I don't know. You put like little things. Oh, the bowl game. Yes. Yeah. Explain the bowl game. So it is, it's not sex poker. It's more like sex blackjack, I guess. Yeah. We should name it. (laughs) We should. I, I made it up with an ex partner of mine. Yes. Uh, because for a decent chunk of our relationship, he actually lived in China. So, yeah. you know, it was very hard. And when he came back, I basically came up with this game where uh, you play blackjack. So if you don't have to play blackjack, Google that. It's very simple. <laughs> uh, and essentially, if you win, they have to pick something out of the bowl and do it. And if you win, you have to pick something out of the bowl and do it to them. And how we did it was there were two bowls. One bowl had actions, um, lick, suck, lightly touch one bowl had body parts and it was really really fun because one of the rules we had was that whatever action you got it was only 10 seconds yeah so it was really hot because like let's say you know you've done a little bit of foreplay you're horny you're like four cards in and you get like fuck but you can only do it for five seconds and you have to go back to playing the game so it's really fun for like edging it's really fun for yeah, just like keeping it's... foreplay going for a long time too because a lot of times I've noticed too 
with long distance is you're so excited and it's all this pent exactly up what and then I was about to say. you immediately have sex and you get in the door and it lasts like five minutes because yes. you've been, you know what I mean? Exactly. You've been waiting so long. So making it that first time last is really fun. Yes. A hundred percent. I was about to say that like, you know, you're so excited to see each other, but it's like, it's more fun to like play it out a little bit. Exactly. And it kind of, it's, it's definitely hard to be in a long distance relationship and keep that sexual connection going. But little things like that, like being more mindful of what you're doing. Yeah. Um, because when you see the person every day, you don't really have to think about it. You just have sex, you know? Completely. So just like being, just spicing up. You don't even have to do professional photo shoot. You can set up your fucking tripod. Yeah. And take some shots. Everybody has an iPhone nowadays. They're great. Exactly. You can get great content out of them. I also would say, you didn't ask for this, but I'm going to give you unsolicited advice because you (laughs) asked a question on a sex podcast. That's what I'm going to do. Um, you and you've brought this up already a few times how hard long distance is i'm a firm believer that long distance only works when there's an end in sight i agree i think it's very frankly for lack of a better word silly when couples get in long distance relationships but they both absolutely love their job and love the state they live in and Mm -hmm. there's no you know what i mean it's like i that's so silly to me it is silly it's like playing house because it's like what's what's the end goal here like we're just gonna play this for five years and then you know like yeah when I started dating Ryan he lived in Michigan yeah and he was touring and a year and a half in I was like hey I'm not leaving LA yeah so we either break up or you're coming here yeah but I also think it helped too that he like it's not like he was like obsessed with Michigan. Like he's exactly. from there. He loves it. His family's there, but he wasn't like trying to live in Michigan for the I rest agree. of his life. So like you even went into it knowing that like that was a possibility, you know, that he could move to LA or that yeah. you could both find a new place. But I think it's very silly and very, frankly, immature to go into a relationship like that. And just it, to me, it feels like those couples who get into a relationship and they're like, yeah, we're getting married next month. I don't want kids at all. He really does. And yes. they just kind of like laugh it off. At the end of the day, you're going to that relationship with an expectation that one of you is going to change your mind. Exactly. And a lot of times you're not. It you know, blows up like in your face. <laughs> exactly. And you've just wasted each other's time. Yeah. And not to sound like an asshole or like non-romantic, but it's the truth. And it's such, you have to talk about these things before, like not love isn't just about love is what I've learned. It's not. Love is a very small fraction yes. of what makes a relationship A lot work. of it is compromise. A lot of it is your own growth, the growth within the partnership. Like, yeah. Ugh, I we could get into this as well. This person probably is like, dude, I just asked for it. <laughs> I'm way in over my head. But it's true. So if it is long distance, I hope there's an end in sight. If not, yeah, then you may need to, you may need to kind of reevaluate because yeah. I know it sounds really like romantic and beautiful and you might not want to lose this person. But at the end of the day, it's a silly thing to say, but like there are a lot of fish in the sea. There is not one person for everyone. And it's okay. It's very, very okay to be like, listen, in another life, this would have been great. Yeah. And if your job decides to send you here and you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. we can still be friends, whatever, but it's very okay to let go of things just based off of circumstance, even when the love is still there. And I think it's really hard for people to do that. I agree. Love is not enough. Love is not enough. I'm sorry to tell you that, but it's not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we just shit we went And fuck you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and get a Delta credit card. For the mile, yeah. For honestly. the miles. Start building up those miles. <laughs> okay, last question. Ready? Mm-hmm. Should I unblock if I miss her? I broke up with my ex around eight months ago because I thought she had a lot of growing up to do. She was very jealous, sort of bratty, and is also a bit lost in life. 
Um, I loved her personality and we were great together, but all those other things made me realize we might not be compatible at this moment and we broke up. But now I'm missing her a lot and I've been tempted to unblock and reach out. Thoughts? I think that's mean. I think that's mean of this person to... To want to unblock and reach out. Yeah. I think it's... I can, I can see that selfish. Because you're, the way that the person is saying it, they think that they are not the superior one, but the one that knows most in yeah. the relationship. And I don't think that's fair to this person who, quote unquote, has a lot of growing up to do to be dragged back in for this person to be like... Just because they're bored. Yeah. Like, I just... I, I think... You're allowed to miss people, but you don't have to act on it. Yeah. Like find somebody else, you know, like that's I just, a really good point. You're you're allowed to miss people and you don't have to act. on Yeah. It. Like, like let yourself miss that person. Look through your fucking pictures. I don't care, but stalk their Instagram for a minute. Yeah. Like. <laughs> don't bring that person back in. That's so mean. And that person probably, you know, misses the fuck out of you. Yeah. And unless you're trying to like make it work for real, for real, fuck your feelings. It's true. No, it's absolutely true. And I think, um, they also brought up that this was around eight months ago. This person hasn't changed. Yeah. I'm sorry. But like, yeah. the, you you know, yeah. I change, you know, I, I, I change and I try to be better every day, but I'm a vastly different person than I am when I was 25. Exactly. But I'm not a vastly different person than I was eight months ago. I so agree. if this had been like three or four years, I think I'd be more tempted to say maybe because maybe they're in a better place in life. Maybe you're more compatible. This was eight months ago. Yeah. You're just in that place where you're, feeling lonely I agree and that person will always feel like they have to live up to something so they'll never authentically be themselves you know like completely it's just not fair I agree and I also think this is just like a funny observance I've had but um assuming that this is a hetero relationship and the person asking this question is a man um which I'm not sure of but let's just say for argument's sake because I want to make my point (laughs) um I've noticed that in the beginning of a breakup the woman feels everything so strongly in the beginning and is so heartbroken and usually like a week later they're fine yes and then men I've noticed are like totally fine in the beginning Mm -hmm. and are very good at kind of like compartmentalizing their feelings and like moving on with their life and focusing on you know their newfound love of Instagram carousels in the gym (laughs) and then like a month Two months, three months, six months rolls around. They start to look through their phone gallery. Yeah, yeah. The, those distractions fade away. You start getting bored again. And I feel like they don't mourn the relationship until later on. There's actually um, a study someone did. Um, women process emotions faster than men, obviously. Yeah, it makes sense. And men, at that point, they're not thinking, oh, fuck, I just lost this person, regardless of if they if they initiated it or not. Yeah. So I think that there's something to be said there too. If this person's a male, like you're just maybe, maybe for the first time feeling the feelings of like losing this person and, you know, having those good memories and having your like super cut of your relationship. Yeah. Um, let that pass and leave let her that alone. Pass. It's okay to miss people <laughs> yeah. and not do anything about it. Yeah, that's absolutely such good advice. Like let it go. That's, I mean, I've had that problem. You know, this is also, this doesn't make you a bad person. Like I've been this person, especially when Same. I was younger, like, I've gotten out of relationships and like within a week I'm texting some ex that I like, you know, broke their heart four years ago. And I'm like, hi, stranger. Like, what was I doing? What the hell? And sometimes you think you miss the person. I've done this. Sometimes you think you miss the person and then you like start hanging out with them again. You're like, oh, that's why. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I didn't really miss you. I just missed. 
and not being lonely and the person's like oh great we're back and you're and like and then you're like fuck i just initiated this and, yes. and started it up again because when you remember a person you're typically remembering the really good times with yeah them. of course always so we romanticize the past we love romanticizing the past love, it's the reason poetry exists yes i we love to romanticize the past <laughs> when in reality it's usually, you know, wasn't so pretty. Yeah, there's so. a reason it ended. Exactly. Um, that's where I'm going to end off this first Q&A. I think we did pretty good. That was good. Yeah, it was a really good set of questions. If you guys uh, listening have questions and you want to be on the next Q&A, follow the Instagram at was that good for you. You can uh, leave me a DM or you can also just wait. Sometimes I do stickers on Instagram stories and you can submit your question there. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you did, please leave it a good review wherever you listen to your podcasts. It really helps me out and I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye.